Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I didn't want to do this again. It's a second straight Island episode where I'm suggesting this. If we can't fire Greg Roman, can we at least look into possibly framing him for a crime? Hello and welcome to the Island NFL show. I'm Nora Pusiati. I am here with the icon, a staple of the island, Stephen Ruiz. Steven, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. What's your take? I needed a third island. So and I had to I had to search far and wide for this third island. And I think I found it two weeks ago. Uh, I was riffing on a pod, and I, I think I said that Lamar Jackson should never play another down for the Baltimore Ravens. And I got some pushback on that take from from Ben Solak and Danny Heifetz. They were like, what do you mean? This year? This year? No, never. Never again. In the history of the earth, he should never wear a Ravens uniform again and never play for this team again. That's the island I'm on. And I'm asking you to join me on it. Think of the island like a record spinning on a turntable. Only now, that record is skipping. Oh, Wow. Wow, this is spicy. All right. So Lamar currently rehabbing um, a knee injury. He's missed the last two games. He didn't practice yesterday. Ian Rapport from NFL Network reported that the Ravens are expecting him at practice this week at some point and, quote, hopeful that he'll play this weekend against the Falcons. So this really might be uh, his last opportunity to, if we get through to him, Stephen, if if you convince Lamar that this has got to be the end, to never play another down of football in Baltimore. Uh, explain to me why Lamar should do this. Well, I'm going to start with one premise. And there, there seems to be this premise that the Ravens were the team that believed in Lamar Jackson. They drafted him. They built an offense that was supposedly built for him. They've, they've really invested in the run game. They've used him as a runner. Uh, but I, I push back against that notion. I don't think the Ravens do believe in Lamar Jackson. I think they could say they be- believe in Lamar Jackson, but nothing they've done, going back to when they drafted him, says that they believe in him. First of all, they drafted Hayden Hurst over him. They drafted Hayden Hurst a few picks before <laughs> Lamar Jackson. 
And the only reason they traded up to get him is so they had this fifth year option, which, by the way, he's only the third quarterback to ever play on the fifth year option. Do you know who the other two were? Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, two t- two quarterbacks that their teams famously believed in them. They, why is Lamar Jackson a, a MVP in his second Famous year? Famous recipients starting? of belief, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. I why why is he the third? Why is a unanimous MVP the third to play on a fifth year option? Actually, he's not the third. I, that's that's a lie. Daniel like Daniel Jones. Uh, no, Daniel Jones got his decline, but Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Also played on there. Sam Darnold played, but those are the Panthers. Those don't count. And those for are the trades. team that for the team yeah. that drafted him. Yeah, so I would say they don't believe him. They put him in this offense that doesn't ask him to be a dropback passer. That that suggests they don't believe in him as as a passer and his development as a passer. They haven't put receivers around him like we've seen other teams do with their with their up and coming franchise quarterbacks like Josh Allen. They traded for Stephon Diggs, even Tua Tagovailoa. They traded for uh, Tyreek Hill. There are a lot of examples. Jalen Hurts got A.J. Brown. Trevor Lawrence got Christian Kirk to big money deal, and then they traded for Calvin Ridley. Like, all these other teams are... are Steven, why why help. you got to fit the two a shot in there? Even to attack of my low, I got this. I'm so it's sorry. always something. I, I didn't want to put him in the same breath as these other quarterbacks, but I felt like he needed to be mentioned, and it helps my argument if I have a, a third person. It just helps with the rhythm uh, Rule of, of the argument. <laughs> uh, Don't say yeah, Tua exactly. never did anything for you. That's right. That's right. It's the first time he's ever been useful. Never mind. That that's it's enough about Tua. This is about the Ravens. They don't <laughs> believe in Lamar Jackson. And why should he believe in them? Okay. So counterpoint. This offseason, uh the reason Lamar is playing on his fifth year option without any sort of long term solution is that he turned down a five-year offer from the Ravens for around $250 million with $130-something million fully guaranteed. So that's roughly the Russell Wilson deal. Now, he viewed the $230 million fully guaranteed five-year deal that Deshaun Watson got from the Browns as a benchmark. So turned it down because it didn't meet that qualification. But... Let's be fair. It's not as though the Ravens haven't attempted to make a long-term commitment. How do you see that offer? Were they, you know, insultingly low in trying to get him on that type of deal? Do you think it's fair that Lamar just walked away from that and said, you know what, we'll deal with this later? What do you think the type of contract that he would need would be to feel wanted, seen, appreciated, believed in by the Baltimore Ravens? I would say like something close to what Josh Allen got. I don't see why Josh Allen has earned this money already while Lamar Jackson has it. Like playoff success, maybe he has like one or two more playoff wins. He hasn't been as consistently good as Lamar Jackson has been. I think his highs have been higher, but his lows have been much lower. He hasn't won MVP. He has help around him. We've never seen him succeed without help around him because when during his rookie year, when he was dealing with a similar supporting cast. He was a rookie and was bad. Uh, that's what I would say. And then you could we could bring up the Deshaun contract and how unreasonable expecting a, a, a massive deal like that to be fully guaranteed. Okay, just to be just to be clear here. So Josh Allen uh, signed a six year extension. So the six year contract, two hundred fifty eight million, one hundred fifty million guaranteed. Um, averages out to a little over forty three million per season. So that's 
not super different than what, um, I mean, you know, 130 million guaranteed versus 150. Like that's certainly something, but it's in the ballpark of what the Ravens were, were offering Lamar. I think the difference to Lamar is the fully guaranteed deal, which four other quarterbacks, Josh Allen included, has not been the sticking point that uh, it is for him. He, he is negotiating for himself also. And it seems like that's something that he really wants, which he's fully, fully entitled to press for. But it's not as if they, they, you know, if we use that Josh Allen contract as a benchmark, it's not as if they undercut him super, super seriously. I, not really, but if you, like, compare the history of contracts and when they're signed and how much money people get, like, they did kind of undercut him because usually it's the next guy to get paid is the highest to get paid. Like, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo yep. be the highest paid player in NFL history at one point, having only played seven games. And I, I, I wonder, like, why, why are we hesitant to play, pay Lamar but not Josh Allen? I would say Josh Allen has a more reckless playing style, playing style that we've seen doesn't age well. If you look at Cam Newton, there was a clear uh, point in his career. He was used as a runner too, especially around the goal line. And it everything fell apart in an instant, like three or two years after his MVP campaign. So like, I think the fact that Lamar didn't get that money or isn't getting the Josh Allen money and the, the Ravens aren't acting happy to just fork it over to him is, is one point of contention. And then I would also say that most quarterbacks on their rookie deal, if they've already proven they're the guy, which I think Lamar has, get their deals done after year three. And if they would have gotten this deal done after year three, there would be no Deshaun Watson uh, contract to point to. And then you could talk about Josh Allen because I think he signed his contract before last offseason. I'm not sure about that, but I know Patrick Mahomes did. So I, I think that yeah. the Ravens kind of missed the boat by by dragging their feet with this and they've set up this situation for themselves. This is the bed they made for themselves. And if Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract, which I think he's pushed back against on Twitter. Like, like, I feel like we're not getting the same level of reporting that we usually do on these contract negotiations because he is his own agent. Right. Usually agents are providing that information to the media. Uh, so it's it's hard to say, like, what's what's true and what's valid. But at yeah. least publicly, no, Lamar I, I is pushing back I don't know that he's saying, I want $230 million fully guaranteed because that's what Deshaun got. It does seem like the extent of the guarantees yes, is yes. where the, the rub is. Because, you know, okay, Deshaun 230 on a five-year deal. <laughs> they offered him 250 on a five-year deal. Like, that's obviously not the issue. Yeah, yeah. I, my question is, like, what's... Why not give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal? Like, Kirk Cousins got a fully guaranteed deal. Right? Obviously, the, the contract was shorter. But Ryan Tannehill got what basically amounts to a fully guaranteed deal the first time he signed with uh, Tennessee after his breakout year. So... It, it just goes back to the, my original point. I don't believe that the franchise believes in Lamar Jackson as a long-term quarterback. And if that's the case, I think they're going to continue to build the roster as they've built it where they don't provide him with any help. If they don't believe in him, I don't think Lamar should believe in this organization. And there's he has all the power. He has all the leverage like in terms of being able to play or deciding whether to play or not. Obviously, the team can franchise tag him, but he can make that a messy situation. And when quarterbacks make situations messy... Ten things tend to happen, so I, I just hope that Lamar advocates for himself and, and uses the agency he does have to to at least improve his situation, whether it's in Baltimore or elsewhere. So here's 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 where I'm totally with you is that I don't think that the Ravens have done 
an adequate job of getting the most out of him, of supporting him. And I, I do think it's a little bit odd the degree of trepidation they seem to have about going, you know, full throttle, Lamar's our guy. Lamar is 25 years old. By the way, he is nine months older than Stetson Bennett is a thing that I, I realized today. Um, he is probably more potent just as a single offensive player than anybody else in the NFL. Um, we've talked extensively about how good he actually is as a pure passer, as a pocket passer, as a drop back passer. Um, he's got really great big play ability. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. And then obviously the rushing ability is incredible uh, from PFF. His 1,781 rushing yards after contact, so after he's been touched, would rank fifth among all quarterbacks since 2019, just in terms of what they've done before contact, after contact. So as a pure player, it's a very short list of who you would rather hit your wagon to than Lamar Jackson. And I do, I'm, I'm with you that I think it's unfortunate and I think it's a mistake that the Ravens haven't gotten faster at receiver to take advantage of his passing ability, have seemed kind of stuck in the mud with Greg Roman's system, um, and didn't manage to get something done with him on the earlier side. My worry here is a little bit of a grass isn't always greener thing, because we are still talking about the Baltimore Ravens, who I think, all things being considered, are a good franchise. They, they spend money. They have good facilities. They have a good coach. Um, I can tell you like nothing. I don't know. I don't know two things about Steve Bashotti, their owner, which I think is good. Uh, generally, I think the more you know about an NFL owner, the worse they're doing. Um, so my concern is if he, you know, say he forces his way out. You got to pick the situation really carefully. What do you think the ideal is? Miami. Miami. <laughs> or, or, or the Jets. Miami talk- does, Miami's not doing this. Miami should do it. What do, what do you mean Miami's not doing it? They almost, they almost like got banished from the league trying to court a 45-year-old First of all, Tom Miami Brady. doesn't have... Miami... So, that, so, so okay. Uh, the Ravens are not letting Lamar walk for nothing. So, presumably, uh, this, yes. is a, this is a forced trade situation. He gets franchise tagged but says, I don't care. I will take all the fines. I hate you and everything you stand for. You're going to have to trade me. Because of the Tyree Kill trade... Miami doesn't have enough to work with there. I mean, that probably costs, what, three first-round picks and some other, you know, sweeteners in the deal? Find a way to do it. I don't I don't care. Go, like, go trade Tua. Trade uh Well, offer you our, our 2029 first-round pick. I, I, this is all I'll say. Mortgage the future for Lamar. Because in five years, like, you're going to ha- still have Lamar Jackson. I, I would go out of my way to get him because, like you said, he's a one-man offense. He's, the Ravens are 11th in EPA well, per the play problem, Well, the problem in Baltimore is that he's a one-man offense, but... Yes. But no, anywhere that has, like, I, I agree with you, the Ravens are a good organization. For the last decade, have they been a winning organization? How many playoff games have they won? And how many playoff games have they won without Lamar? It's been a long time since that Joe Flacco Super Bowl. And, like, after Joe Flacco, or after <laughs> that sentence. Super Bowl... There was a fight. 
there was a five-year stretch where there was questions about John Harbaugh's job security in Baltimore. Like I used to live around Baltimore. I used to listen to like sports radio. In 2016 or a year or two before Lamar got drafted, the, the question was like, how many more years of mediocrity are we going to go through before we make a change at head coach? Lamar comes, saves everything, changes everything for that offense, gets them to the playoffs as a second half starter in his rookie year, and they haven't looked back since. But I, I really think Lamar is holding up this perception of, of John Harbaugh as this winning head coach. I do think he's a very good head coach, but and this perception that the Ravens organization is very good. But without Lamar Jackson, I, I wonder how this last decade looks and how we think about this front office and how we and if we have to relitigate whether this is a, a smart franchise that is because what, what have they done recently that suggests that they they understand how modern football works? Like what name, roster building? Name three things about Steve Bishotti. Uh He likes quarter zips. Uh, that's all I got. He wears a lot of Under Armour, I've noticed. A lot of Under Armour. Well, Under Armour is the name sponsor on their beautiful practice facility. Yes. High quality operation going on there. Like, I, I hear you that they have not done everything to maximize winning there over the last decade. But... I, I just want to preach caution because there are some real dumpster fires in this league. And I cannot sit here and allow us to allege that the Baltimore Ravens are among them. They just simply the, are not. The offense is a dumpster fire. Sammy Watkins just got signed yesterday and he's already the best receiver on the on the team. And he's a guy that got banished from Green Bay who doesn't have receivers. He's like he's basically the ideal person to become Aaron Rodgers' new best friend. They go on all the same YouTube channels. They read all the same conspiracy theories. <laughs> he could have been the new Jay Kumaro. How do you fumble that bag? The only way you do it is by being a bad receiver, and that's why he's in Baltimore right now. He's not going to Deshaun Jackson in 2022 in this economy. Is is Are Jay you serious? Kumaro on YouTube? I don't know. He has to be. He has. To. He's probably the guy that was sending Aaron Rodgers all those YouTube videos. He, hey, Aaron Rodgers had a, a like you heard a short it here first. Jake Kumaro like radicalized Aaron Rodgers. Should just end the pod with that. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart. But we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Well, so, okay, here is like really, truly here is, I think, the ultimate question for me. How many teams are there that Lamar would be better served shooting his way out of town and getting traded to versus the Ravens moving on from Greg Roman and probably through the draft because the free agent class is bad, getting one or two genuinely good and particularly fast receivers uh i'm looking at a list of teams right now and i'm only looking at the teams that don't have a quarterback and like i would say half of them half of them would offer like a better environment than the ravens have and it, it like me, we me, talk about the names okay miami is one the jets uh i would argue okay, the jets the jets the, the jets are in play pittsburgh uh not Indy. Houston even has better receivers than uh, than the, the Ravens. They have Brandon Cooks. They they just drafted. Um, the names slipping my mind. Uh, Mechie. Uh, I would say the Raiders John definitely. Mechie. The Broncos. Uh, the Giants for sure. Washington. You don't. It's twenty minutes away. Detroit. Minnesota. Like, every team in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback is better than because none of them are asking Devin Duvernay to be their wide receiver one. And they're not asking Greg Roman to design an offense where like the receivers run routes to the same part of the field like once every couple of plays. There are no like route conversions after the snap. Uh, they have Patrick Ricard running routes on, on third down. He's like a 400-pound fullback who used to play defensive back and he's a main figure in this offense. So Honestly, I'm I'm advocating for Lamar to never play a down for this team again, but I'm I would be willing to rescind that if John Harbaugh just does one simple thing: just replace Greg Roman. That's all I ask. It's been four years, and he was asked about it this week, and he said he made a comment about like we'll leave. That's like what people say that sit at the end of the bar, and we'll leave it to those people. The last time people at the end of the bar suggested that you fire your offensive coordinator and replace him midseason was 2012 and you you fired Cam Cameron and replaced him with Jim Caldwell and you won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you won a Super Some Bowl. Your only Super Bowl. The end, the, the end of the bar won you a Super Bowl. Do not disrespect <laughs> the end of the bar. I love the end of the bar. The, like the corner of a bar is the best place because then you can talk yes. to your, you know, whoever you're with. Ideal seating arrangement. Could learn a thing a or two, Harbaugh. Right. Come come with the common folk at the end of the bar, not your fancy-smancy spots in the middle of the bar. Okay, let's go back to the teams that you just listed. Um, I'm here's where I'm 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 with you. Uh Minnesota 
Jets, Giants. Um, well, Saints. Uh, Should I have the Saints to the list? The Saints. Detroit is compelling. I, here is where I want to be careful, though. And because, again, I, I think we have to include ownership and the high-level decision-making in this around a team in this conversation. Because when, we, when you're operating at the level of like a, a massive franchise quarterback contract and the decision-making at that level, that is when NFL owners make a big difference. Ownership is the most underrated thing that points a team in a positive or negative direction. And it's hard to see because nobody really knows what they, they do. But I will not sit here and allow us to say that the presence of, of the over-reliance on Devin DuVernay, I promise you, is not as costly in the long term as being part of an organization that has Washington's ownership. Or even, you know, you worry about it a little bit in a place like Vegas just because you wonder about the ability and willingness to spend on certain things. But of the teams you listed, of the ones that I think, like, we just got to throw Miami out. They're not doing this. But there's a there's a five-team list there that I think is compelling. Particularly, the Giants is the dream, right? The Giants would be the best possible landing spot because they already have, they've already shown some interest and willingness and efficacy at running an offense where the quarterback's running a lot. And this would just be like doing, going from doing that with a, you know, a, a Toyota Camry to doing it with a Ferrari. Um, Dayball seems great. Now you don't have the receivers in place, right? So there's questions about can you extend yourself to trade for Lamar and then also upgrade the receiving room significantly. They have a lot of money. Um, they used this year to clear a ton of cap space. So they they have a lot of money to pay him with or to pay somebody else with. Problem is, uh, you're probably going to have a better time finding like top-end receiver talent either via trade or in the draft this offseason than on the free agent market because it's just, you know, it's it's not a good year for that. Um, but I would the the Giants are are I think staring at you, being like, could this ever happen? It would be so cool. I I really like the Lions because the Lions have a, a top five pick, presumably that they could trade. They could trade other first round picks, future first round picks. They have Jared Goff, who they could just throw in the deal just to give Baltimore a quarterback. Like I think Detroit could really put together a package that would make Baltimore at least think about it. I don't think Baltimore is actually going to consider trading him. But I do think Detroit has the pieces and the resources, and they should have the willingness to put together a huge package for Lamar Jackson. Because I think if you drop Lamar Jackson into what they've built, that offense, uh, it might be the best offense in the NFL. Like, if you can keep Ben Johnson around. With that offensive line, that's what we saw. We're going to, by the way, it's a two-way street, right? We're going to go get Lamar Jackson is a really good way to keep Ben Johnson around. Now, if some, if a team offers him, you know, five million bucks a year to come be their head coach, like, I don't know what you're going to do about that, but 
if you want to make that look like a really great spot to to build your resume, trading for Lamar is a good way to do that. Yeah, that's great. Um, and if, you, if you kind of if you kind of look at it in total, it was almost like they would have flipped. Matthew Stafford for Lamar Jackson because they're using that extra draft capital and then and then Jared Goff in the trade to get him. Also, it seems like trading Jared Goff away for a better quarterback to win a Super Bowl is a pretty good strategy that worked for the Rams. <laughs> my so my thesis to. of what the Lions should do at quarterback is sort of exactly that is I think you do have proof of concept that Goff can run this offense successfully and that the outcome of that and you know with Ben Johnson and with their current roster with the offensive line and the running game as good and supportive of him as as it is it's good enough to make them a good team particularly if they continue to invest defensively but the the thing that they cannot do is lose sight of getting someone really good getting someone who's going to elevate everybody around him in the building so i'm a little bit you know I'm I'm more amenable than some, certainly, to them sticking with Goff for another year if they wanted to, say, draft a quarterback who needed some time to develop or if they just weren't able to find an avenue to someone really great through free agency, through the draft, through whatever. Like, I don't think that, you know, just because he's Jared Goff necessitates being like, all right, we got to find a way out of this, right? Because look at where it's gotten them. That said, yeah. Lamar Jackson is the answer to that, right? Like the the fear of any sort of commitment to Jared Goff is that you don't count yourself into a situation like that. So that would be great. I like that one too. I don't know if the Saints just, uh, the state of the roster and the state of their finances, even though that's always the case, I'm not sure that they could make it happen, but I, I guess the history of that team says that where there's a will, there's a way. Um, the Jets, definitely interesting. Uh, Minnesota, the Cousins thing is just confusing. Um, but if he could get it, but um, it would be incredible to see Lamar play with Jefferson. I don't know if I can think of like uh, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good short list. That's a pretty good five team list that feels worth sticking your neck out and making a fuss. Can I ask you a question? Can I flip Always. flip the script on? Okay. Take those five teams and throw the Ravens on the list. And like in a vacuum, all things being equal, Lamar can can walk away from his contract and gets to pick where he wants to go. Which team should he pick in your opinion? The Ravens, I'm including the Ravens as a choice. And why should it be the Ravens if 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 it's not another team? Cuz here's my here's my one, let me say one thing before you answer. You said the Ravens are a good organization, which I agree with. They they cultivate cap space. They understand like draft capital and, and positional value. But how has that benefited Lamar specifically, especially on the offensive side of the ball? Like what what have they done? How have they used that that extra cap space and draft capital to put players around him? I would argue they haven't, and the team has gotten worse. It's like being it's like being a billionaire. You have a billion dollars in a bank account, but you can't access the the billion dollars. You can't access the bank account. What good is it doing him? I don't think it's doing him any good at all. I think it is doing him some degree of good. I don't think, I, I do think that they, it's, it's, it's an L that they haven't invested 
more in the offense that they haven't. And this is on his rookie deal. This is before he gets paid. Right. I do think that, you know, look, they're a, they're a smart organization. They're a savvily, analytically inclined organization. You benefit from being part of a team that gets those edges, that that gets those little percentage points of win probability in a lot of situations. I do think that there's a, there's a general sense of not craziness there that not every team has. Yes. Um, they seem to have good... The medical staff is really, really top-notch. The training facilities are really, really top-notch. Like, that stuff does matter. It is a functional organization. There are several alternatives that do not qualify for, for that descriptor. The answer to your question, though, is that if you are right that if you add the Ravens to that list and say, all else being equal, where should he go? I wouldn't choose the Ravens. I think I would choose, I would definitely, you might have sold me on the Lions. I, I think there's a little bit of like, I would love to see it for yeah. one more year, two more years, or just have a little bit of a track record there. And we also, the the question of what happens if the offensive coordinator leaves is present there. I am definitely sold on the Giants. I am definitely sold on on the Lions. It's a little hard for me to pick between those two, but I, I think I would pick either of those landing spots currently before the Ravens. I would probably also pick the Jets. Yeah. Which is just, just like a crazy statement, but the state of that roster is so good. Um, and it seems like the coaching staff has has got it figured out. I would probably pick the Jets as well. I'm not sure if I would pick Minnesota or New Orleans before Baltimore. I, I just I, maybe Minnesota. New Orleans, I, okay. I think I would rather I would rather be a Raven than a Saint. Okay, I, I just want I just want to make this clear. You have now picked the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets. Two of the <laughs> the, the, the 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 funniest franchise, the most comical the just bad franchises over the Baltimore Ravens. I rest my case. Time get out they of are there. Changing. All right. I, I'm not on this island, Stephen, because uh, the problem is the amount of personal damage that he would have to self-inflict to make this happen is tough, and I don't want to see Lamar go through that. Here's what I think. I think the Ravens, I am on the Ravens should move on from Greg Roman and do everything that they possibly can to get some good receivers in their island. I think okay. ultimately in the real world, if I could, if I could, if I could just, you know, alien beam Lamar up into my spaceship and drop him on, and I can't believe it, the, the Lions or the Jets or the Giants or whoever, I would do it. But when you factor in the cost in fines, in drama, in personal animosity and anger and and the way that an unfair league is going to look at those things, I don't think that... I think if you're Lamar, the higher, the better outcome is to say, hey, look, like, we can't reach our ceiling here unless you do these two things or these three things and they are to pay him somewhere in between 
the offer that he turned down and the 230 fully guaranteed. Like, mm-hmm. find a happy medium there. I don't think he's going to get a fully guaranteed five-year deal. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the owners are too hell-bent, all of them, on not allowing the Watson thing to become precedent. I, I just, I think that is a losing battle. But split it down the middle. It'll still be a... Or give him more than Josh Allen. How about that? Give him more than Josh Allen. Give him more than Josh Allen. Beat the Josh Allen deal. And, you know, plus inflation. Um, Yeah, right. And bump up the guarantees so that it's somewhere, you know, somewhere closer. Guarantee in uh, one more season, but not all five of them or something like that. Figure it out that way. And then they absolutely need to, to... change the situation at receiver and change the situation at offensive coordinator. That, I think, is the best possible outcome for Lamar Jackson. No, I agree. And I didn't want to do this again. It's a second straight Island episode where I'm suggesting this. If we can't fire Greg Roman, can we at least look into possibly framing him for a crime? This has been the Island of the Ringer NFL show feed. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Steven. Thank you to Steven's lawyers who may need to be contacted at some point soon. We will be back next week. But for now, Shield Kapadia will be up next on the feed tomorrow going in-depth on NFL news on The Scramble. Thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision.